Today's episode of Real Ghost Stories Online is brought to you by Attitude Sheets. I've been talking about these guys. You will love them. They are soft as silk, breathable as linen, the price of cotton. Yes. And you get 20% off if you text GHOST to 64000. Only way to get 20% off your set of sheets from Attitude is by texting GHOST, G-H-O-S-T, to 64000. Hey, it's Tony Bruschi from Real Ghost Stories Online. As we enter into another year of the podcast, I can't thank you enough for listening and hopefully your support. With more options than ever before for podcast listening, supporting this program and becoming an extra podcast person is more important than it ever has been in the past. And I always try and make it worth your while to be a supporter. For only $5 a month as an EPP, an extra podcast person, here's what you get. You get access to our bonus episodes, brand new ones every single week, more than 300 in the archive that you get with our best ghost stories. You get a free e-copy of our best-selling book, Real Ghost Stories, Haunting Encounters Told by Real People. You also get the audiobook version of it, as well. In addition to that, you're going to get advanced episodes of our program released to you weeks before they go to the public and they're commercial free. So if you're a big listener of the show, you want to cut the ads out, you want to cut this plea out as well, become an EPP, an extra podcast person at ghostpodcast.com or patreon.com slash real ghost stories. You're going to get all of that. On top of that, you also get access to our video archive of our episodes of Seeing Ghosts with new episodes coming in 2020. You get advanced ticket sale options when we go and do live shows so you can get seats before everybody else and a whole lot of other extras throughout the year as a supporter of our program for only $5 a month. Please consider supporting the show You guys spending that $5 a month as a whole is what keeps this alive. Without the support, we will not exist. So if you listen, if you've been an EPP in the past, please consider signing back up to be an extra podcast person and help this show survive. We love doing it, but we can only do it with your support. Ghostpodcast.com or patreon.com slash real ghost stories. And thank you for your support. It's not just cookies and mothballs. It's spirits and the dead coming back to life. Of course, we're talking about Grandma's House. Today on Real Ghost Stories Online. Welcome to Real Ghost Stories Online. Call in your real ghost story now at 855-853-4802 or write in at realghoststoriesonline.com. You are about to enter the world of the unknown, and quite possibly, the undead. This is Real Ghost Stories Online. 855-853-4802, our phone number. Write in at realghoststoriesonline.com, because we love to hear your real ghost stories. Please do that, and support the program. Get the bonus episodes of the show, brand new ones every single week, advanced episodes, and they're all commercial-free, too. Binge away on that. Just go to patreon.com slash real ghost stories and sign up or directly through our website, whatever you prefer. Five bucks a month gets you access to all of the content. Ghostpodcast.com or patreon.com slash real ghost stories. Tony and Jenny Bruski joining you once again. Hi. Hi. And how are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. Jenny has um, recently joined the world of Instagram. I have. I know. It's finally like time for me to do it. It's 2020. Yeah. So. I, and you've educated me a little bit on Instagram too. Cause I really, I've, I kind of use it 
but I should probably use it more. I think people. I think we're at that weird age where we're right in between. You know, uh, yep, younger than us, it's all Instagram, but older than us, it's all Facebook. Yeah. But we can kind of go either way. Yeah. And so that's why I think it's it's time for me to be on Instagram. So. Meaning we have to do both. But it's easy to post to both. It is. There's it a is. thing to do that. I, I even know mm-hmm. how to do that. And I've yeah. been on there, what, a week? I know how to do that. So I know how to post to Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, Pinterest. Okay. And MySpace all at the same time. Great for you. Wait, not MySpace. <laughs> but, uh, but no, yeah. So uh, anyway... You're there. So if you'd like to follow Jenny. It's at Jenny Bruski. That's it. Mm B-R-U-E-S-K-I. That's how you spell Bruski because I can guarantee you'll misspell it. (laughs) I misspell it sometimes. Uh, And you're on there too. I am on there too. uh, At Tony Bruski, I believe. And I just use mine as like daily life stuff. You use yours more ghost related stuff. Mine's just like, what's life like behind the mic? I, there's not a lot on there yet, but I'm working on it. I have a hard time like deciphering like what, cause I really kind of, I've always used the grill ghost stories one, which is at ghost podcast as like both. Uh huh. And then you're like, you should have a personal one too. Yeah. Cause people want to connect with you personally. But why can't I just do them all from the same one? Because sometimes people don't want that. So if they want to know what your daily life is like, like what you're eating and shit the kids have gotten into and stuff like that, then you use your Tony Bruski one. But if it's about, ghost stuff you use the real ghost stories one that's that's how it is for like really famous people not us and so that's where i'm getting my knowledge from okay um but i have like i get it a pathetic number of followers so i get it i just hoping it'll grow i get it i just don't want to like have to do two because it's like one's already enough well sometimes you get on a tangent and people are like hey that has nothing to do with ghosts rare you That's can put true. it on the Tony Bruski one. That's true. Because sometimes people don't like that ad- extra tidbit of knowledge about you. They just want to know <laughs> what you have to say about ghosts. Yeah. But like I put stuff up about the girls. Like I've got a storm shelter picture from Friday when we were down in the storm shelter. It's oh, really? Like, yeah, I'm going to put that one up. It's a Friday night in Arkansas. So. I should probably follow you. I am following you. You are following me. Thanks, <laughs> hubby. I don't see. I'm following people, but I never read the feed. <laughs> So it's like I'll post, but I don't like go and read anything that anybody posted. You should scroll through. I want to see your storm shelter photo. I don't have it up yet. I'm going to put it up. Oh, okay. I thought you were doing I it. have Harp's crazy hair picture up. Okay. So I'm working on it. There you go. I'll do more in the new year. My goal is to get some decent pictures of us sometime this year. So we're not using cartoon emojis of ourselves <laughs> as, like as our <laughs> profile pics. <laughs> Although I do love that, and that it's not animated, but that, well, I guess it's it's a cartoon picture of you and me, mm-hmm. and I'm giving you a look like, what the fuck are you talking about, which is pretty accurate. And so, I'm just kind of laughing hysterically. Yeah, and, and I love that, because one of our listeners did that for us, and I've used that for like five years now as my <laughs> profile pic, and I still don't look anything any more like that girl, but I still love it. <laughs> she looks way better than I do. So I'm going to go with the cartoon version of what somebody on the other side of the listening audience thought I'd look like. So we'll go with that. I think it looks like you. Maybe it's what I sound like. It's not what I look like. They looked like. at your picture and based it on it. Okay. Well, five years ago, Jenny maybe looked like that. <laughs> 2020 Jenny's working on looking like that. So, so anyway, follow uh, at Jenny Bruski. She's out there now. 
on the internets. Yeah. And uh, we'll have our MySpace up page, uh, MySpace page up soon. What's sad is a month from now, I'm still going to have just five followers. <laughs> oh, you'll have more than five. So I'm going to have the dogs get a page. Oh, and that'll be good. We'll get up to seven or all eight. All our pets will follow you. Okay. It'll make you feel warm and fuzzy inside. Mm-hmm. Uh, 855-853-4802 is our phone number. At Real Ghost Stories online or email us uh, or uh, send your story, your ghost story to us through our website at uh, realghoststoriesonline.com. Our first story, it says, it was the fall of 2006. I was 15 years old and was staying the night at Grandma's house. She lived in a small town in Indiana. Her house was in the country. She lived there alone with her dog named Alec. All her grandkids would love going to her house to visit. We'd explore the woods next to her house and eat strawberries out of the garden. On this night, it was just me, my grandma, and her dog, Alec. We stayed up late watching some designing shows and doing crafts. It was a little after 1 a.m., and we decided to finally go to sleep. My grandma and Alec went to bed. I got comfortable on the couch and decided to finish my show. There was a small window directly behind my head where I had been sitting. I began to feel eyes staring at me through this window. The hairs on the back of my neck stood up straight. I got goosebumps. I was too scared to react or look behind me. A moment after thinking the eyes on the back of my head had gone away, something more terrifying happened. I heard large feet running across the roof. I stared and started in the living room and ended just above the window where I had been sitting. When the footsteps stopped, I began to feel that awful feeling of someone staring at me through the window again. I couldn't help but imagine how this thing could have been hanging off of the roof watching my reaction through the window after the heavy footsteps had stopped. This thing seemed to grow angrier when I didn't react to its footsteps on the roof. Little did it know I was frozen with fear. This time it wasn't heavy. Quick footsteps running across the roof. This thing once again on the roof began to stomp his large feet on the right, right above on the roof right above me, shaking the ceiling right where I was sitting. He had won and he had gotten the reaction I had felt he'd been trying to get from me. As I run to my grandma's bedroom, I can't seem to find my words. I just began shaking her. And I look over my shoulder, making sure whatever was trying to scare me had not made its way inside the house. She opens her eyes and can see how terrified I was. Tripping over my words, I'm still frozen in fear. I told her something was on the roof and tried to explain what had happened. And she told me, we live in the country. It's probably just an animal. Before she could try to calm me and reassure me. But it was nothing. We both heard a large boom, boom, boom on the roof. My grandma didn't have to say a word. At that point, we both knew there was no way it was an animal. The dog starts barking and rushes to the door. She slides her slippers on, grabs a flashlight and her rifle. She was a police officer for some time after leaving the Air Force, so I definitely felt safer with her than staying alone in the house. I was glued to my grandma's side. We walked out the screen door and under the front porch. Alex is barking, growling, scratching at the door, begging to come outside with us. We stand back from the house and my grandma shines a flashlight on the roof where the noise had been coming from. But we didn't see anything. Scared half to death, I'm hoping whatever was stopping on the roof had left. As my grandma has her flashlight in one hand pointed at the roof, her gun on the other hand with me wrapped around her arm, the motion sensor light at the other end of the house comes on, and light grabs our attention, and our heads turn to look. I yell, Grandma, over there, as I hold her arm tighter. 
Stunned and motionless, we stand there looking at this creature. It was very tall and very thin, a creature we had not ever seen before. This thing was leaning forward with its large hand and long fingers grasping the corner of the house, the other arm hanging to its knee. We locked eyes. Its facial features were not human, and its dark, empty eyes are staring back at mine. Time seemed to slow down because of the horror I was looking at. This creature did not have any hair or clothing and no way of knowing what its gender was. It was taller than any person I'd ever seen with abnormally long limbs. Its skin is something I won't forget but can only be described in words as a faded bruise color, a yellowish tan, deep olive complexion. But nowhere on its body was its skin tone even. Only seconds had passed and we made eye contact with this thing before it runs into the dark woods located on the edge of the house where it had been standing moments before. As it's running, we can hear leaves crunching under its feet. At this time, Alec finds her way out of the door and runs in the same direction as the creature had. Worried the dog may follow this thing into the woods, we yell for Alec to stop and come here. Thankfully, the dog is too scared to enter the woods, but stands near the wooded area growling. We shine the flashlight into the woods before picking up the dog. We see nothing, but that didn't mean that the creature could not see us. So we hurried inside, locking the doors. My grandma calls my dad and has him make the hour and a half drive out to her house after explaining what had happened. We finally were able to get some sleep once he had arrived. I woke up late the next morning and heard talking from the outside. As I make my way outside, I'd found out that my dad and the neighbor from down the hill have had to look into the woods near my grandma's house for the creature that we had seen the night before. When my dad had explained to the neighbor what had happened, he informed us while he was at work earlier that night his wife had called the cops after she was inside doing dishes and caught a glimpse out of her window of something or someone climbing up the side of their garage. My grandma controlled a lot of fear that night. Maybe she was protecting me from freaking out even more than I already had. She was on edge. After that night, she was also curious and nervous about what that thing could have been or what it could do. A little more than a month after this night had happened, Alec went missing and never came back home. They lived in that land together for four years, but after losing Alex, she ended up moving to another part of town and lived closer to neighbors. She nor I have ever seen anything like this, and had never seen it again after that night. I think that's one of the creepier ones I've heard recently. Yeah. I just... Ugh. Makes me think of uh, Mothman. That's what I was kind of thinking of, too. Because there's been a lot of stuff with that mm -hmm. in the last... Uh, handful of years. I'm assuming Mothman does. Mothman is winged, though. Uh, yeah. Okay. And they didn't really mention that, but it kind of described the complexion of mm -hmm. it, somewhat of a similar way. Where they say Indiana? Mm -hmm. like Indiana. Indi so, does Indiana touch one of the Great Lakes? I think up by. Um, I think it does. Yeah. There you go. Like where you go down and around the bottom of Lake Michigan. Yeah. Uh, yes, it does. It does touch Lake Michigan. And Lake Michigan is where um, a lot of these things are being seen around that lake specifically. Hmm. And see, I love Lake Michigan. Now I'm going to be freaked out. Mothman is coming to the beach. Uh, on the Grave Talks, there's an episode. I think it's probably aired by now. I don't know. If it hasn't, it will be soon. Um, all about Mothman. And we talk uh, to a gentleman who's been investigating it, probably the biggest expert on it, 
of the the latest phenomena of it around Lake Michigan. And that's really interesting because they, I think they mentioned the town at the beginning of this story. I just didn't read it out on the air because I don't like to do that. Are you going to Google it and see if it's close to the lake? Yeah. What's interesting about Mothman is the fact that the original Mothman stuff that happened, a lot of people connected to that bridge disaster. Mm -hmm. And they, a lot of people think it could be accurate or not. I don't know. Um, that it's like an omen of something that's about to happen in that general area. Maybe the Titanic's going to sink on Lake Michigan. Uh, uh, this town is... No, it's pretty far down. Okay. But it these things have been happening really throughout the states that border it. It's just bordering states mm-hmm. to the lake. That's what it seems. Michigan, Wisconsin, Illinois. Uh, there even has been some all the way out to... Um, I believe Minnesota, which would be Lake Superior, that's bordering that. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I don't know. It's got something to do with the lake. Maybe it's a new type of uh, seagull. Yeah, that's what it is. <laughs> They've gotten really aggressive. They swallowed so many cigarettes and ore that... <laughs> <laughs> They've turned into these beasts. I don't know. It's weird shit. Mm-hmm. But that's uh, that was a creepy story. Thank you for sharing that uh, that experience with us. I don't know what I would do um, if I ran into something like that. I could totally picture my grandma running around with a shotgun. And actually, no, I couldn't. Really? No, I know you can. Because I can because she does. Is, <laughs> yours is told the stories, uh, which is hilarious because actually... <laughs> From a build standpoint, I could picture my grandma more than yours, but I know my grandma like didn't ever do that. My grandma is four foot eight. Yeah. And she is a fiery little southern lady. And she had squirrels get in her attic, so she took care of it. Like a sawed off <laughs> shotgun. She said it was a Benjamin pump action. Okay. So <laughs> she was very descriptive <laughs> of what she did. And I'm not saying that I agree with killing squirrels or any of that crap, so don't send me hate mail. But it sure is funny when your little four foot eight grandmother that she's eighty five talking about killing squirrels in the attic with a shotgun. And it wasn't necessarily in her youth. No, this was like this. in the last fifteen years or so, you know? I mean she's getting up there with a shotgun. My God. And she's always been like that. She's just the greatest person in the world. Goes and takes care of the problem. Mm-hmm. That worked. Uh, 855-853-4802 is our phone number at Real Ghost Stories Online to share your real ghost stories with us. I see my grandma like killing something with like a chip and dip. A chip and dip. <laughs> you know, like the plate. <laughs> oh, like, <laughs> okay. I was like, what is she going to feed somebody? No, just like okay. banging like a, a squirrel to death with a chip and dip. Oh, that's with nasty. The chip plate. Like, <laughs> Boom. That's about it. That's that's the extent of what she would have done. Uh, she's been dead for a while now. So, Back to the program in just a moment. First, I want to thank our supporter, Attitude Sheets. These guys make a product I am in love with. Going to bed, going to sleep at night, some of us have a little bit of difficulty there. It's not always easy to slip off into uh, to dreamland. It's, it's, it's easy sometimes just to get into bed, sure. But to feel that that comfort level, to feel that I'm good, now my body can, you know, essentially shut down the uh, uber-conscious portion and, and just fall asleep and drift off, that's a whole other thing. 
And I'm telling you, one of the biggest factors in that is your comfort level and it has a lot to do with your sheets. Think about it. You are you are surrounded by these things. You want them to be providing the level of comfort to which you need to fall asleep. Attitudes, organic, clean bamboo sheets are what the doctor ordered for me. Anyway, extremely breathable, regulates your temperature to improve your sleep quality. These things are feathery soft. I got a big thing with just soft sheets. I love that. Always have. And these things, some of the softest sheets I have ever felt in my life, if not the softest that, that I've ever felt. I think they really are. Um, and that, that's saying, uh, it's saying a lot. I, I, I've, I'm, a, I'm a sheet snob sometimes. And these, these, uh, these attitude sheets, I love them. Uh, some customers have claimed that their skin's appearance is even approved after switching to attitude sheets. Uh, read some of those reviews. They're antimicrobial. So that's, you know, again, you're covering your body in this stuff for many hours a night. Make sure what you got uh, covering you is is what you want and is doing what you want for you. The cooling factor on these is, is really one of the things I love the most. It totally regulates the temperature to improve your sleep quality. Whether you're hot or cold or whatnot, these are going to help you stay at that nice prime temperature where you're not getting sweaty, you're not getting chilly. You're just good any time of year. It's not like, well, it's this season, so I could get these sheets out. It's that season. I'll get this. These are year-round. These will keep you comfy. Organic clean bamboo recycles 98% of the water it uses, so it's the most sustainable bedding available. Cotton uses a ton of pesticides and wastewater, and is harmful to the environment, too. So you're doing something good here when you get these as well. Why not try Attitude for yourself? These amazing sheets have a 30-day risk-free trial. If you're not fully satisfied, you can return your sheets for a full refund, and they'll even cover shipping on returns. You cannot lose. Attitude sheets, they're soft as silk, breathable as linen, but the price of cotton. You're going to love them. When you support our sponsors, you, of course, support our show. And right now, you guys, our listeners, will get 20% off their sheet set and free shipping. Just text GHOST to 64000. The only way to get 20% off your set of Attitude Sheets is to text GHOST to 64000. That's G-H-O-S-T to 64000. Um, let's go to our next uh, story. It says, this all started. I moved into our new house. We had a lot of weird things going on here. I lived here with my mom, stepdad, younger brother, and youngest brother. We first started feeling things when we'd go into one of their rooms. It was always colder than ours and darker. It never felt quite right to be. But we'd stand there, nonetheless, because it's hot in Vegas, and his room is always much cooler than the rest of the house. When you go into his room, a wave of unease would just wash over you. It was hard to breathe. I've always been a little sensitive with things like that, and I had numerous encounters with things of this nature. It unsettled me to no end to feel that this was much worse. Sometimes when I'd walk in there to watch TV with my brothers, I'd get a horrible pain in my arm, leg, head, or stomach, so I limited the time spent there and stayed in my room, which always felt cozy and safe. Everything started getting a bit out of hand when my friend Gina came over after school one day. She's a bit on the sensitive side as well, and I wanted to see if she felt as horribly as I did when she entered the room. And sure enough, when she walked in, she felt uneasy and wanted to get out. But at the same time, we wanted to know who or what was in there. So we went about making our own Ouija board. Bad idea number one. We sat on one of my brother's beds and proceeded. Darian, Gina, and I 
Devin had stayed in his mom's house with a friend. We talked for whatever it was that had, or talked to whatever it was that had contacted us through the board. We asked its name. I spelled out a series, or it spelled out a series of letters that we couldn't keep up with. Then it said Ray. We talked to it, and it claimed to be a demon. Shortly after that, I got a sharp pain in my head. She didn't tell me to grab my crystal and go to my room. I did, and the pain quickly subsided. Later, we decided we were brave enough to try a seance. Bad idea number two. We chose the garage. We made a circle of salt to join hands and decided to call him. The Ray character got cold, very cold. And my cat went insane. She's also my familiar. So familiar with the garage and was inside desperately scratching and meowing desperately at the door. What I chose to see might not have been what my brother and Gina saw. I saw a man, tall, hair slicked back. It was long. And his jaw bristled with hair. Couldn't see his eyes. I didn't try to look at him directly, more like past him to see my brother. It turns towards me. Still made no attempt to look at its face at this point. I was terrified. I got a hideously sharp pain in my stomach like someone was turning all my guts inside out. I thought I would die. The pain was unbearable. I was crying in agony. Gina told us to picture it going back into the room and being locked in there. We did. We broke the circle and went inside. Sometimes when I go in that room, I get chills or when I'm just passing it. But I know I never want to experience that ever again. I, I don't know what it is about people that they get freaked out by a room. And so it it's like, I want to investigate this further. I want to spend time in there. I want to find out what's going on. If I'm getting creeped out by a room, I just stay the hell out of it. You? I want to know what's going on. Uh, I don't know that I'm going to go like spend a lot of time in it, mm -hmm. but I'm going to be kind of drawn back to it. I'm going to be curious about it, but I'm not going to go back in it. No. No. Not at all. Not unless I have to. <laughs> trying to think of a, a situation where, I don't know, we used to go investigate, and not really investigate, we'd hike to that, the creepy little town, Garber. Yeah, we would, but I didn't um, go in the school, not the school, the post office or anything. I did. I know you did. But I only, I only went so far, and it wasn't because of ghosts. It was because I was afraid the floor was going to break and I was going to fall into the basement. It was probably infested with bats. I just like hiking to ghost town kinds of things because we used to do that when we'd go visit um, Colorado. We'd go hiking to old miners' cabins and, and things like that, and I loved that kind of stuff. So it reminded me of that, but I didn't feel super creeped out there. No. It's haunted. I can tell you that, but it's, I didn't feel, like, threatened. My dad took a uh, a horse thing from there. A horse thing? And he hid it somewhere. What do you mean? Within your possessions. Uh, well, I don't know what it's called. You know, like the little like circle hook thing that would be like part of the reins to like... Oh, like it holds the leather on the, yeah. the harness? Yeah. Found it there. Okay. How did he know that's what it was if it was just like a metal circle? He grew up on a farm. Well, I know that, but... It could have been a lot of different things. He had 42 horses. Okay. No, he didn't. I don't. Oh. I'm completely making that up. I, I guess that's what he assumed it was. Mm -hmm. um, you know, it and could he have kept been. It? It's, it's, it's with your stuff. Somewhere. It is not with any of my stuff. No, he wanted to. 
Really? Your dad would not screw with me like that. No, no, he didn't want to do that. He wanted to keep it. Okay. I thought you meant he wanted to put it in my stuff. No, no. But I, I told him he couldn't bring it back to the house because you'd freak out. You told him that? Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> no, I said, we leave the stuff here. Yeah. I said, we don't take things from it. So mm-hmm. I, I said, I found an arrowhead and I couldn't take that. So you're sure as shit not taking this horse circle thing. <laughs> <laughs> I don't like taking things from places like that. Yeah. It belongs there. It doesn't belong to us. He kept it. I mean, he kept it there. Is okay. I mean. Yeah. So, um, no, it did not come back with us. Yeah. I, I think he, I think I thought he did take it though. And it was like only like a couple of years ago. He like, or in this last year, I found out he didn't. I don't know. It came up in conversations like, no, I left it there. Hmm. Okay. We're going to get it like in a card. <laughs> I don't know. Might be my dad would take a metal detector to places like that and he would find coins and bodies. <clears throat> huh? And bodies. Did I ever talk about I talked about that on here. I think it's been a long time since you've talked about it on the air. So for our whole audience that has never heard this story, this is a pretty good one. Should I share it again? Yeah, this is a great story. This okay. happened in your childhood. Yeah, I was 6 and okay. we went camping. And it was a very Griswold type of camping trip. So we had my grandfather's camper on the back of the truck and we were camping at what, um, well, I'll just say where it is. It was the Philmont Boy Scout Ranch. It's a very popular place to go for Boy Scouts to go camping. And my dad had been a Boy Scout and he thought it'd be a great place to take his family to camp. So we went there. And so he's just messing around with this metal detector, which wasn't his. He borrowed from a coworker. So he was just kind of goofing around with it, trying to find stuff. And so he was going around our campsite, just trying to see how to how it works, you know? putting metal stuff down and, and trying to tune it anyway. Yeah. It go it, it goes crazy. It just goes bonkers. And there's nothing there. There's nothing that he had set down. So he, you know. He found something. He found something. Yeah. So he starts digging a little bit. And it's the signals louder and louder. And about two foot down, after he's dug this hole on a campsite that doesn't, on property that doesn't belong to us, <laughs> he finds these three brass boxes. And they're shiny. They look like gold bricks until he covers them, you know, uncovers the dirt off of them and realizes they're boxes and they're not gold. They're brass. Did he think it was gold bricks? I don't know what he thought, but he sure as hell got real excited. So he dug these up and there was like this little inscription on it. (laughs) And it said, here lies the remains of Rosalia, Germany. And I think there was a date on there, but I don't know what the date was. Mm-hmm. But somebody had been cremated, put in these boxes, and requested to be buried at Philmont Scout Ranch. Mm-hmm. So my dad put her back, covered her up. Did he ever open her? No. Okay. He shook it. I remember him vividly shaking it and hearing stuff rattling around in there. And he's like, what if there's jewelry in there? I was like, you can't my, take my it. My mom freaked out on him. My mom one of the good things she did. She freaked out on him, so he didn't open it up and curse us all for the rest of our lives. So, put it back, buried it. We went to the, uh, like, the ranger's office and reported what we did. We dug up a body and put it back. And that we, um, <laughs> we wanted a new campsite. And they let us have a new campsite. But they said that, you know, with as much history as on that whole piece of property, they weren't surprised that we found something like that. But now they had a record of where that was. Mm-hmm. So I guess I'm one of the few people in the world that can say I have dug up remains before. Good job. 
oh god i was the six-year-old little tomboy so i was down in that hole digging with them i was so freaked out when Mm -hmm. they told me what it was they should have just said oh it's somebody's stuff and put it back they had a polaroid picture of it forever i don't even know where that thing is (laughs) put it back took a picture of it kept the picture of it still didn't stop my dad from metal detecting everywhere we went is he looking for more bodies or no he was hoping to find like you know lost things from wagon trains and shit like that you know i think the best thing he ever found besides rosalia was a coin from like 1864 or something like that Mm -hmm. and he brought that home didn't have good luck after that i don't know if it had to do with the coin (laughs) or if it was just my dad had bad luck yeah it might have been uh but uh yeah i've never used a metal detector I've always wanted to. I always thought, I remember like, cause like in the, in the eighties and it's part of the early nineties, they're kind of, you see people out with yeah. them, like at the beach or wherever it's like, oh, somebody's got a metal detector and there is kind of nerdy looking people mm-hmm. <laughs> that, that had them, but I, we never had one. I, I we never knew anyone who had one. Oh, that'd be fun. It'd be neat to try it. But, My dad, I think was looking for treasure in one way or another, or maybe he was hoping to find like gold nuggets in the ground. Okay. But that was the same trip where I learned how to pan for gold in a creek. So I just learned so much on that. There you go. Yeah. It's almost like Oregon Trail. <laughs> it is kind of. Except you didn't get... Uh, I didn't get scurvy. didn't get scurvy. So uh, 855-853-4802 is our number. Hi. Hi. My name is Avi Brand. And I feel a little silly telling this story. But I just wanted to to share it with with you. Um, this happened in uh, 1997. I was 21 years old and I was visiting my brother in Chicago. Um, he just lived in a regular apartment building, old, older, but it wasn't, you know, creepy. It didn't give off any kind of vibe. And, um, I was in his, in his living room and, uh, he went out for the night with, uh, his fiance. So I was home alone and uh, I was watching TV and um, the reason I feel silly telling this story is because uh, it does involve a mind altering substance, but um, it was just, you know, a little bit of, of cannabis, uh, which, you know, I was in college. I'd done it many times before, done it many times since and had never experienced anything like this. Um, And, you know, I was just feeling good, feeling relaxed watching TV and it began to get darker and the walls of my brother's apartment began to sort of sway and undulate. Nothing you'd expect from just, you know, some simple marijuana. This is very different. And, um, I began to see, the shapes, the outlines of faces emerged from the walls, kind of protruding from the walls. And I, I began to get very concerned, um, began to wonder what was happening. And I thought, oh, you know, maybe there was something, you know, in this, in this marijuana that, you know, shouldn't be there. But, but what happened next sort of moved my experience beyond that and into something totally different. Um, I began to hear a, a, a crying, almost retching sound coming from my brother's bedroom and out of the doorway to his bedroom i saw emerge a, 
a scorpion with, with a human head who was making this awful crying, retching sound. And he was kind of bouncing around the room, kind of leaping around, just glaring at me, making this, this, this terrible noise and, and really just, just terrorizing. That went on for some time. I don't know how long. I just sat there in a state of shock, uh, uh, unable to believe what I was seeing. And um, in an instant, it was gone. My brother came home. He turned on the lights. The lights had been off. It had gotten dark. And I'd been sitting on the couch the whole time, unable to move, paralyzed with fear. And as soon as he flicked on that light switch, it, it was all gone. And um, I certainly didn't feel inebriated to the point that I would have such vivid auditory and, and visual hallucinations. Um, so I don't know what it was that I saw. And I did a little bit of research about you know, sc scorpion, half scorpion, half human creatures. And um, in some of the older stories, older mythologies, uh, Epic of Gilgamesh, things like that, they're uh, guardians between uh, this world and the next. And they're described as, you know, awesome and terrible to behold. And I've often wondered if something happened that a switch was flipped in my mind or I was in the wrong place at the wrong time or I don't know what, but I was in, you know, one of the thin places for, for, for a short time, kind of peeking beyond the veil. And this thing was there to, uh, to warn me off and it, it was absolutely terrifying and again I totally understand if you don't use this because I, I feel silly even submitting it but um, you know it was, it was very real uh, to this day I, I can't explain it and uh, I just wanted to share it with you thank you fun fact did you know that uh, Kermit was originally supposed to be a half scorpion man I'm not going to make fun of this poor guy <laughs> Who was nervous about sharing anyway. It's true. It was Kermit the Scorpion Man. Same voice. Jim Henson was going to voice it, but it was going to be a totally different type of character. Okay, so <laughs> here's here's the thing. With anything that falls into mind-altering substance, um, certain cultures have used, you know, cannabis, marijuana, whatever you want to call it, to basically get in touch with their spirit world. Sure. And so they believe that it, it essentially does kind of thin that veil. Mm -hmm. And that's been for centuries people have done that. So I don't see why when you have some sort of mind-altering substance like that, that it wouldn't make you more susceptible to seeing things. Mm -hmm. You it, know? If it's not the drug itself. Yeah. 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 And then the way when the light flipped on, it all went away. That tells me it wasn't just like hallucinations don't end just because you turn a light on. Mm -hmm. So I think there's something there. I think it's more than just a bad reaction to to sure. doing cannabis. Yeah. Well, I mean, cannabis wouldn't make you have that experience. I, I, I give him credit for thinking maybe it was laced with something. Yeah, that exactly. Which would explain that pretty well. Um, the rest of it, it's just, it's just weird how it all comes together. But there's a whole history of using it for the purpose of... Sure what happened to him. Mm -hmm. So I hope that makes him feel a little less um, 
worried about sharing that story here because I think it's completely relevant. Do you realize, do you know what Miss Piggy was supposed to be originally? Oh my God. <laughs> I don't want to know what that, that was a really dark one. Okay. Yeah, I wouldn't even get into that. That'll give you nightmares. That wraps up today's episode of Real Ghost Stories Online. If you like the show, keep us on the air. Become an extra podcast person. An EPP at ghostpodcast.com or patreon.com slash real ghost stories. Follow Jenny on Instagram at Jenny Bruski. Yeah. B-R-U-E-S-K-I. Uh, until next time, for Jenny, I'm Tony. Thanks for listening to Real Ghost Stories Online. Worried about keeping up with your fave friends all summer? Or posting every perfectly pink sunset you see? Don't sweat the connect. You can have it made in the shade with four lines of unlimited data for $100 a month. Scroll the staycation pics, find your new go-to takeout spot, or catch some rays on video chat. Whatever you and the crew are into, all the data makes it all that much better. Smile. You're on Cricket. Cricket Core acquired on four lines. Data speed limited to three megabits per second. Cricket may slow data speeds when the network is busy. Additional fees, usage, and restrictions apply. Now is the chance to use reliable energy to grow your money with the Dominion Energy Reliability Investment. Our new investment product offers competitive returns, no maintenance fees, and flexible online access to your money. Make the reliable investment in reliable energy. The Dominion Energy Reliability Investment. To find out more, go online to reliabilityinvestment.com. That's reliabilityinvestment.com.